Journey Through the Pugnum Pages of the Dangers of Being Different by Duma Uba, a profound exploration of the pains of bullying, the shadows of depression, the revelation of a dyslexia diagnosis, and the uplifting embrace of spiritual renewal. In this captivating narrative, witness the author redefine herself, turning adversity into strength and self-discovery, a transformative tale that resonates with resilience, healing, and the power of embracing one's unique journey. Now, let me go ahead and introduce this remarkable author of The Dangers of Being Different. Welcome to Hercast with Dr. Chito, where we're on a personal journey of transformation, one that's all about her, the everyday girl, teen, and woman. I'm Dr. Chito, your guide and companion on this thrilling adventure. Dima Uba is a graduate of a Bachelor of Arts in Film and Television from Lincoln University, UK, and a Master's Degree holder in Feature Film Development from Birmingham New City University, UK. She's very passionate about Christ and about spreading the message of hope. She believes that everyone has a gift within them that needs to shine and we're all destined for greatness. Due to the trauma she experienced in childhood, her dream is to impact lives of those she comes across and to be a voice for the unseen, the unheard, and the broken. Welcome, Dima. Welcome to Her Cast with Dr. Cheeto. So I'm going to quickly just kick off because I know people are going to be excited right now (laughs) for us to kick off. I know the book has a lot in it. Yeah. And... um, this is part one, and I wanted to first, in this first part, talk about what that part of, you can just tell us about being bullied by teachers, students, how it affected you. You know, that you know you call in your book, the, even, even when you called, it's a part you called the breaking point up to that point. So can you tell us a bit about that? Um, so basically, you know that the human mind has a breaking point and there is nobody that can withstand torture and bullying for so long and you don't break down or feel less of yourself or just feel depressed. So um, my body reached a breaking point. I was tired of feeling, of being laughed at, of being abused um, and there was no end in sight. And I could not take it anymore, so I shut down. I became numb, um, the kind of numb when you don't feel anything. You just, you're just there, like um, no emotions. I stopped laughing, stopped feeling. I stopped interacting with people. Didn't even want to see anybody. I became a shadow of myself. It's like I was drowning. I just wanted to be left alone in a room with my pain because I felt like no one would understand what I was going through. So, and then the voices in my head um, were just too much. I kept on hearing the words that you're ugly, you would never amount to anything. Um, Even if you 
finish secondary school, you're never going to enter uni because you're just too dumb and your parents are wasting their school fees. So hearing those words, um, it's how will I say I started believing that I'm all this. Um, I started believing that I was dumb, I was ugly. At some point I was like, why am I even leaving anymore? What's the point of existing? Um, because I just felt like every day was one thing or the other. I was going through trauma and torture. Um, and I thought that my teachers would understand me more and guide me with um, just teaching me and letting me know that, look, I can be more than I think I am. But rather, I was bullied by teachers. I was bullied by students. Um, and then I dreaded going to school. I would even fake sickness not to be in school. My mom wake me up in the morning. I would be like, I don't want to go to school. And it's that question of what's going on? Why don't you want to go to school? But I just felt like every day was a torture for me, walking into school, being in class. And a teacher walks into the class and is like, you stand up. Do you, do you hear what we taught last week? Can you explain it to us? And I'm like, no. And it's more like, why can you, you can't even explain it because you're too dumb. You're not even meant to be in this class. And that's just kept on going on and on and shoving me to the board. Teacher, um, students who shove me to the board and drag me and insult me. Some would even beat me at my back and just calling me names because they felt... Mm. They felt it was fine to do that since the teachers could bully me and insult me. Why, why, why can't they? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's, that's, I mean, that's, that's really, I guess, when we talk about bullying and what it can do to someone, it's, I mean, you just said it really, literally, your real life. Um, and I wanted to you to speak more about when you said the ugly words in your head, like you talked about ugly words. You know, because that first came from physical, someone said it, you know, it was a word that was spoken and then it came into your thoughts and your head to lead to all these emotions. So talk more about that because I know a lot of people, you know, I always tell people from my background in psychology sometimes is that what I know is that there is first a thought before a feeling, the thought elicits the emotions. Now for you, Tell me how those ugly words impacted your life into, you know, I mean, I know you spoke about it, but I wanted to kind of expand on that part as well. So, you know, um, words are very powerful and also words of affirmation. So let's use, for example, as a parent to your kids, your kid waking up every morning and hearing you're brave you're strong, you can achieve anything. Hearing it from you that gave birth to them, it means a lot to them. And then they go out there and it's like, you can't tell them anything because my mom have told me that I'm great, I'm powerful, I can do anything. And going out there and me hearing the opposite from people saying this all these hurtful words because you know it's so easy to throw words and you feel like yeah I'm just joking I'm just saying it it's nothing mm -hmm. serious why are you taking it personal yes but I feel like the I more I was angry. yeah I was just angry mm -hmm. but I feel like the more you say those words the person starts to believe it and it becomes a thing it's more like I'm I felt this way about myself already I felt like 
look, um, coming out from the house that I come out from, my mom saying, oh, you're brave, you're great. Coming from my mom, you felt like, because you're the one that gave birth to me, you're just saying it. You love me. Yeah, you love me too much. And then going out there, hearing people saying the opposite of what she's saying to me, it's like, what's going on? And so I would come back home, I'll lay down on the bed, and those thoughts and those words we keep playing. I'll go to the mirror, I'll look at myself in the mirror, and I'll start talking to myself. I'm like, well, they said you're or this, and then your mom is saying this. And I can remember just lashing out and telling her, you're saying this and because of you love me. But people are saying the truth. She was like, who is saying the truth? What are they saying? And I couldn't open up to say this is what they are saying. Because imagine telling your mom, oh, she has a lot to, and then you're coming Mm -hmm. to say, people are bullying me. It's like, what's, you know, that thing of Mm -hmm. I need to protect my daughter. So I couldn't tell her because I felt like she wouldn't even understand the pain because everybody's like, ah, people just insulting you. That's why you're taking it personal. Ah, It's just a word. Look look Mm -hmm. past it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's nothing. It's no big deal. And I felt like that was why I didn't tell people the thoughts, the ugly words that were playing, because I didn't just want to hear. It's just words. You want them to trivialize, you know, what you felt. Why didn't you break the silence? Like, that's that's a question, I think, and I'm asking that question not because I'm asking you the question, but I know a lot of times it's one of the struggles that we have is you you love your kids, they go to school, they're being bullied, but they don't tell you that they're being bullied they so you don't know you suspect because or you feel something is wrong um but you you don't know and they would you ask them what's wrong is there anything wrong they will tell you um no um you know i'm fine mom i'm fine do you understand or even when friends or siblings ask no i'm fine but it's so hard when you're dealing with that emotions who don't understand to actually break the silence so tell me why you couldn't break the silence um, I felt like I was the only one that could understand my pain and struggles. Um, I didn't want to hear things like you're being too emotional. Is it because of people's words that they're speaking? Um, I just felt like a reject. I felt unworthy. I felt like my voice was taken away from me. I couldn't say anything that would be relevant. Mm. Or I couldn't, you know, when people had so much power on me back then, I felt like I had no voice to even break a silence and say, this is what's actually wrong with me or this is what's going on because they're, they're taking my voice from me. It felt like anything I was going to say wouldn't make sense or nobody would even understand those emotions. It's more like, oh, this girl's just being too dramatic. Why is she like this? And then um, I think one night I was sitting down on the bed and um, I said, imagine if God didn't see us um, worthy of loving or giving us his words that come to pass every single time. So imagine people saying these words to you and you feeling this way. And then I just was sitting down there feeling like, do I even have a voice to speak up again? Can I break the silence? I felt powerless. I felt hopeless. I felt like Mm. 
I don't even exist. Like I'm not in this earth again. And in, I remember this Bible verse that says John 6, 3, he says, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. And hearing those words in that bed that night was, see, I've, I've given you the power to speak up. I've spoken my words over you. And that those words are powerful and they are life to you. So God saying that to me, it just felt like, look, mm. I could speak up. So I can remember going into the room, walking up to my mom to say, um, I want to die. Mm. I want to commit suicide. And as an African mom, God uh, forbid. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. God forbid. You cannot tell me this. What do you mean that you want to take your life? So, but then her looking at me after saying that is like, she started getting scared because she saw, look, my daughter is going through pain and I need mm. to help. So my mom entered the mood of just being there. I would finish from classes and people are like, your mom is here. My mom that is in her business taking out, she, she took out time, she'll come to school, she'll bring food just for me to see her face. And every single day when I saw her face, it gave me strength and that joy that I needed. So she would, even if she's not even dropping anything, just to show me that, look, I'm here. So she would come during break, she'll sit with me, she'll talk with me, she'll laugh. I'll come back home, I'll say, I have notes. She'll be like, oh, bring it, I'll copy for you. My mom would stay up late copying notes and drawing till the next morning. So I saw a mother who gave me hope. Like, look, you can live this life to the fullest. You're not meant to feel like this. You're worthy of love. And even though it was coming from my mother, I knew that the words outside didn't matter anymore. So it was time to break that silence and speak up. But then I was the one holding myself back because yeah. my voice was taken away. Yeah. So I felt like a reject, unworthy of anything at that point. So you now you've talked a lot about the mental part, the, you know, the struggle. Um, how did you eventually, so, you know, I'm assuming counseling was involved, um, but how did you also come to deal with those emotions through counseling? And also how did you come to the diagnosis of dyslexia like because the core of the problem for you was it started with your teacher in class that first class he spoke in the book where because you got your test wrong or whatever got a poor grade he insulted you because why are you wasting your parents money and that's when the bullying started so you had that struggle with learning and that was the danger of being different it's not you're different as a person just a different ability and now you're the most creative problem most creative people that i know you're creative you're a genius so how did you go through the struggle of the how the counseling and how did you come to get diagnosed that you had dyslexia? So um, I'll start from being diagnosed for having dyslexia. Um, so being diagnosed with dyslexia was when I had entered uni, I traveled out to study and then I was struggling with my courses and one of the head of department of my um, course was like, she needs to speak to me. So I'd gone into the office and having a meeting with her and she said, have you taken a test? I was like, what do you mean by a test? She said, there's this test called My Genius. It's a dyslexia test for people that um, have learning differences. 
And I told her, I've never heard of that. Mm. And this is my first time hearing of this. Like, it's new to me. And she was like, oh, where did you study? I was like, Nigeria. And she was like, oh, wow. That's why I've never heard of it, because it's not something that is common in Nigeria. So she was like, is this something that you would be open to? I was like, yeah, of course, I would like to take a test. So in taking that test, my hands were shaking, my paws were sweaty. Um, they could notice that I had been chewing on my finger. And then they said, that's a sign of someone that is too scared to do things. So you start nibbling on your finger or just doing something to distract you from the actual thing that you're meant to do. So the lady was like, calm down. And this is not a test that requires you passing or failing. It's just us to know how we could help you better with what you're dealing with. So I was like, okay. So me relaxing and taking the test, the test came out and it showed that I had the learning differences. Um, caught dyslexia. Um, so for most people that don't know what dyslexia is, um, dyslexia is a learning difference that involves difficulty with reading due to problems of identifying speech sounds and learning how they relate to letters and words. Um, so, but I was angry when I found out. I broke down in tears and it was not coming from a place of, oh my God, why did you guys have to do this to me? It was coming from a place of, if I had known this. I may have gone through all this. Oh. So it was coming from a place of, um, if I had known this earlier, then I wouldn't have suffered this the abuses and the trauma in secondary school. But a lady just held my hand and she was like, calm down, I'm going to put you through this. And... She taught me how to live with it because she said it's not something that can be cured. Um, mm. It's something that you have to learn how to live with and you just understand your learning pattern and how to show people also how to teach you. Yes. So um, I started learning how to teach myself, how I learn. So now and I know that I learn through visuals, mm -hmm. through practicing things, and mm -hmm. then I can pick up. I know that I have to be patient with myself um, because I know that sometimes when I don't understand something I'm I'm frustrated it's like I'm angry and that's a part of having dyslexia but now I know that um, I don't read in black and white mm. I have to read in color papers to mm. understand things um, okay. when I see letters they are jumping off the book so A can look like B to me C can look like D to me so I have to be patient to look and say okay this is what it is. Um, I have a problem with pronouncing certain things that people feel normal to pronounce, but it's so hard for me. And so finding that was hard, but then I'm learning how to cope with it. So I know that um, some people find it hard when I'm like, oh, I can't find a location. In Nigeria, someone have insulted me so many times because of this. It's wow. like <laughs> whenever I say, it's like you send a location to me the first time. And then I have to come and visit you in that location again. And I'm like, please, can you send it? I don't know. And then I'm calling you on phone repeatedly. And the person's like, I don't get it. Like, you've been here several times. And how can you explain to someone that you have a problem with memorizing 
locations or things. You can't you can't really explain mm. that because no not not so many people would understand. So now when someone is shouting, I'm just like, okay, it's okay. So it's me giving myself grace. But but this helps people to know that is don't be always quick to jump into um attacking anyone for whatever deficiency or whatever you know what I mean because you just never know <laughs> you just never know now that I know better I want to teach other people that they are special mm-hmm. and they learn differently which doesn't make them dumb or stupid but they are creative and they are gifted so I want to show people that are probably going through the same thing as me that you're so bright and you're so um, you're so creative and you're destined to be great and do amazing things so yeah Oh, wow. Hey, you have just listened to part one of the two-part series, The Dangers of Being Different with Dima Uba. Don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcast or follow us on Instagram at Dr. Chito N. That is D-R-C-H-I-T-O-N to get updated when the part two of this series comes out.